Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Are you crazy? Am I crazy? Shh, just don't admit it. We're talking Catch 22 on Hulu coming up here in just a few seconds. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Woo! What is up, everyone? Hopefully you enjoyed the first episode, Catch 22, the brand new series on Hulu, six-part series that we are breaking down here on AfterBuzz TV. I think it actually is going to be a great season, and I'm so excited to talk with you ladies, talk with everyone out there. I want to be able yes. to introduce my incredible panel, Linda Antwi. Ooh, I love that Antwi. He put uh, the little, little bass in that. Well, we're talking Europe. You know, yeah, I thought I'd throw a little French thing in there. I love it. I love it. How are you? I'm good. I'm mm. good. I'm happy to be here. I can't wait to talk about this show. Yeah, this is this is good. This I love Hulu. Hulu has, a, has done a good job of their original content, and even and I, I, they had a series like 11, 22, 63 a couple years ago that was really good. And they're, all their miniseries are really good. So I think this is definitely going to be the case. Uh, and this is obviously based on the book. Catch-22 there by <laughs> Joseph Heller. This is definitely a miniseries. It's different, certainly, it's than different. the book. Yeah, and we'll break that down because the book is, you know, jumps around a little bit. This certainly a little more chronological. I first want to, though, get your opinions. What do you guys think? Can first I say episode, something real quick? Break it down. What do you Stephen got? Stephen King says, to my mind, there are two, there have been two great American novels in the past 50 years. Catch-22 is one. Wow. Do you think one of his books is the other? Obviously. (laughs) That's exactly... He didn't want to say that. That's why it was like the reverse Mm -hmm. compliment, but for real, for real. Mm -hmm. Overall, though, good good episode. Do you think they were on a right path? Amazing. It was so entertaining for me. I was like, oh my goodness, this is so funny. I agree, and it was beautiful. It was so cinematography-oriented. Yes. Cinematography. Yes. Graphic, cinematography, yeah. beautiful, regardless of yes. the word. <laughs> and she's trying to say it was beautifully shot, and yeah. she enjoyed it. I did. Thank yes. you for translating that. She does. She really, she really does. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I agree with you. By the way, I'm Michael Klaus, your uh, moderator tonight, and moderator today, tonight, whenever you're watching this, this morning, overnight, if it's 4 a.m. Happy 4 a.m. to you. Uh, <laughs> and we're going to be talking a lot in this episode, breaking down the Catch 22 predicament. What does Catch 22 mean? The origin of Catch-22, talking about the characters, obviously a lot of main characters, George Clooney's characters, some other ones in there, talking about, you know, good, bad, pros, cons, all that, and breaking down kind of how they're acting, and then some amazing special segments and news tonight, actually sharing some World War II heroes, an incredible special segment coming up that you're not going to want to miss, and then some news and gossip, maybe why we almost didn't see George Clooney. 
Stick around. You'll hear that. Yeah. Uh, talking about Catch-22, which I didn't know this. You shared with me that it was almost Catch-19. Yeah, it was almost Catch-18. So 18. Another book, uh, this was written in the 50s, came out in 61, but another book came out that had the number 18 in its title. So when uh, they were getting ready to publish it, they are like, oh man, you know, we can't, it'll be too confusing. We have to pick a different number. So they picked 22. So now mm-hmm. it's Catch-22, and that's how it's part of our vernacular. It's part of... Crazy. You know, we use that expression all the time, and it was just a number. I could have been Catch 18 instead. Catch 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the That's slo- a Catch 18. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> slogan came from the book, not the other way around, which I didn't know. Did you know this, that the slogan not. came? Do you ladies use the slogan, oh, it's a Catch 22? Yeah. Yes. For sure. All the time. <laughs> but I also use expressions that people don't really know. So I use the expression, can I borrow your eyes the other day? And I had a room full of people like, blinking at me. <laughs> Um, but yes, I did know that Catch-22 is uh, from the book, and I do use it. I'm lot. Canadian, so I have a bunch of stuff that people are looking at me like, what? What, what are you saying? What? What is a toque? Is that is that a hat? Yeah, is it's, it? a, it's like a beat. It's a beanie. Oh, yeah. Mm. I know what a toonie is. A toonie and a loony? Toonie and a loony, all yeah. of it. So, yeah, I speak crazy. <laughs> you guys are going to know a lot on the next six episodes here on <laughs> AfterBuzz TV. I can guarantee you that. By the way, talking AfterBuzz TV, they have so many different shows on their network. There's over 100 hours of content every single week that we do here on AfterBuzz. Just go like, comment, subscribe. Basically, any show that you watch on television, any show on Hulu or Netflix or Amazon, any main show, we break it down right here on AfterBuzz. Buzz TV. So go check it out. I know they were talking The Bachelor last night. They talk Game of Thrones. They talk everything in between. Go check out After Buzz TV. And again, like, comment, subscribe, tell a friend. It's all free. We just want your support just a little bit in that manner. Catch 22. Obviously, they. they... Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Explain it at the very end, which I don't know. I guess it didn't dawn on me initially of like, oh, Catch-22 is the slogan and it's because of this. So the Catch-22, that anyone who wants to get out of combat duty isn't really crazy. You're crazy until you admit it. Yes. Yes. And when you admit it, you're not crazy. Right. And when you admit it, you're not crazy. Correct. The, the, the doctor, he's such a likable character. Yeah. He's great. He's mm-hmm. really great. And he actually, that actor directs two episodes. Mm, really? Five and six. Yep. Doc Tanika um, is also played by Grant Heslov, and he is the director for the final that. two episodes. It's, uh, what did you ladies think just of the, the, I don't know, the theme? I don't want to say the genre, but like this theme and the attitude throughout of like wartime then. How accurate do you, obviously this is a satirical show, but... How accurate do you think that theme is, or what were your thoughts as you were watching it? It seemed very nonchalant, like, you know, Yasarian doesn't want to be there. 
I I liked it. I mean, the the first episode where they're doing the parade and mm-hmm. uh, Yo-Yo does not want to do the parade and we start to learn about his character. I thought it was hilarious because it's weird to say, oh, it's hilarious when it's wartime. But the things that he was worried about were ridiculous things to be worried about. Like, you're worried about being in a parade, so he's always in <laughs> uh, the infirmary because he has some type of something going on with him because he doesn't want to be portrayed as, like, a parade hero. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, I think that it's probably pretty accurate. I mean, I'm not... I don't have a military background, but from what I can imagine... Um, you would be really stressed out about a lot of random stuff all the time. Yeah. And maybe some of it's misdirected yeah. and misguided stress. Like, you're going to focus more on the parade, to Linda's point, yeah. than actually on, yeah. like, the task at hand. But I yeah. think that's what's so great about this show. The book, originally, and then the show, is that there's this complexity in these emotions. And they shift back and forth. And what I think they really did well in this show is they shifted back and forth. They were fluid between the comedy and the drama Mm -hmm. really seamlessly, which I think is really hard. And the actors did a really good job doing that, too. Agreed. Yeah, I think that was, you hit a nail on the head of like, I, I couldn't tell if the action was a break from the comedy or if the comedy was a break from the action. Yeah. And it was kind of a smooth blend, though, too. And then, like, when George Scheitzkopf, when he was talking about, like, the trouble marching, I was literally in tears laughing. Like, he broke it down to seven-inch swing, four-inch gap. Like, why can't you guys get it together? And then when we were introduced to the characters, and they're basically like, this is just synchronization. It shouldn't be that hard. And then he's like, why is it hard? And when we learn about the first character, Yo-Yo, and he's like, no, that is a rhetorical question. Don't answer. And then when the character answered, I was like, it's a wrap. Like, that's it. It's a wrap. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but during the march, they were still out of sync. Out of sync. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. so bad. It's so good. Yasarian is certainly, I think, a realist to, like, the 10th degree. Yeah. You know, anything where he's like, oh, this, No. This is this is the way it is. This is the way. It is. Don't answer. Don't answer that. Please, please don't answer. That. I, I can't do the combat. I don't want to do the combat. Uh, and that gets us kind of talking about the characters. Obviously, uh, Yasarian, played by Christopher Abbott, mm-hmm. uh, he's the main character, the person who we're kind of seeing Yo-yo. all this through. Yo Yo. Yeah. You know, like saying Yasarian, you just doesn't. I like Yo Yo. Yo Yo is a lot easier. I love it. Mm-hmm. Comes back to you a lot easier. Yo-yo pun. Anyone? Nothing? Uh, Yo-yo. Hopefully someone at home got that yo-yo pun. Um, He clearly doesn't want to be there. Do you think... um, My question is, do you think we'll find out why he is there? I think we're going to find out by the end of it, why he's so anti, like, hey, like, like, get me out of here. But I also feel like he's a little bit of a slacker. Do you know what I mean? Like he want, mm. he got drafted. He wants to do his time, and then he wants to go and be a playboy and and live his life. And I think that this is like a slap in the face reality. And he's really not trying to to be there. Do that. Do you think that was something that was common in that era, or even today? I think that being drafted must be like a serious thing. And if you're not serious, you're like twenty, twenty one. This is a slap of reality where mm-hmm. you, before you were like, oh, you know, I can just like hang out and like sleep around and chill. And here it's like you are responsible for lives. And I think that the two times that we saw where he saw people die, it was a slap in his face like, oh, this is real. War is real. 
Mm-hmm. I, I know that, to your point, we're probably going to see his... Um, progression. His progression and his rationale mm-hmm. sort of unfold later on. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to note, too, at the time, your definition of masculinity was partially defined by whether or not you were willing to go and fight for your country. Right. I know that my grandfather was not able to go. He tried. He wanted to sign mm-hmm. up, and he wasn't because of flat feet, which... That's a whole other question. I don't yep. know why flat feet would necessarily <laughs> disqualify you, right. um, even from like a desk job. But I know that for him, he took that really hard, being rejected. Yeah. And so I think whether he really wanted to go or not, there was probably a lot of social pressure mm-hmm. to get on board and do the patriotic right. thing. Right. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. Um, and so I'm just, I'm, I'm very curious. You know, the they really, they obviously opened up with him, which they never answered that question in this episode. So I'm hoping in future episodes, the opening shot is him walking naked. Yeah. Where are you, what is Why that? Why are you that naked? From? Why are you naked? I think it'll all be revealed. Yeah, I agree. So, so here's a question, because obviously, you know, watched episode one and we have not looked at the book. You've read the book. Are you looking at how are you looking at this, having read the book differently than us who haven't? Like, are a lot of things that you you look at and you're like, I already know this. I know maybe what could be coming up. Well, full di- full disclosure, I read the book uh, yeah. a while back. I am now rereading it, but I have not reread the entire thing. Mm-hmm. This is a a meaty, large yeah, book. A, yeah. So it's taking yeah. me a little longer. Thick. It's thick. It's a thick boy. But um, but from my memory and from what I've already read, it's pretty true to the book. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, they did condense quite a bit into the first episode. So, um, so they sort of... Uh, they're tightening it up mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. And also to what you mentioned earlier, which is that they're doing it in a more linear progression. I think mm-hmm. that changes, obviously, the narrative, but I think that the themes are there, mm-hmm. and I think it's a lot easier to dive in earlier with all of these characters, because there are. There are a lot of names really yeah. early on. There's a lot of personalities that are important, and it's a lot easier to sort of keep them all straight in the show. So I'm actually enjoying the show almost more than the book, though I love the book as well. You talk about the other characters. Another one is Scheitzkopf, uh, which we are talking about George Clooney. Yes. Which I shared before the show with you ladies. Like, he almost... It it took me a while. I knew it was George Clooney. But he almost had, like, makeup on or something that made him look older. A lot older. Yeah. The hair, the salt and pepper hair that was all completely salt and pepper. I even think that his demeanor, the way he was carrying himself as an actor in this, it made him seem a lot older than he really is. I think the costuming, something yeah. about the way that mm-hmm. those pants were fitting. Mm-hmm. Now, when I see the the super young actors who are supposed to be mm-hmm. you know, 20, 21 years right. old, they're wearing those pants. Or the short shorts. Or the short shorts. Yeah. I don't automatically, it doesn't age them. Yes. And when I saw him in that particular cut, there was something that just was so reminiscent of like my grandparents. Not to say <laughs> that he's my grandparents, age, yeah. but there was something about that style that mm-hmm. immediately aged him. And it's very much shot like that too. It's not shot in yeah. a lot of color, yeah. it's shot in a very dull mode. It makes you think yeah. older. Can we talk about the color? Mm-hmm. So 
the color I thought was really interesting because it simultaneously threw me right into that time era, yeah. like a postcard Absolutely. from that yes. era. Absolutely. But also reminded me that the whole thing was a show at the same time, but in a really mm. like pleasant way. I don't know if you guys experienced that. Yeah, I felt like the color really, like you said, brought you into the era. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because we take so much for granted. We take so much of like... If you think of like I just came off of watching Game of Thrones. So the color, the imagery and like the big cinematography mm-hmm. and it's like so simple here. Mm-hmm. Simple 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 colors, simple shots, but it doesn't take away from it. It brings you right Mm-mm. into it. Like, oh, you know what? I feel like I could be there mm-hmm. by watching it, which I thought was fantastic. Yeah, and it's yeah. all very, it's all very tight knit and shot. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you have the IMDb list there. There's not a lot of actors in each scene. Yeah, no. It's all very small, which makes you it feel more personal. Mm-hmm. And especially, I know this is a comedy. It's a satirical comedy, so it helps you feel maybe more connected to the jokes. Uh, do you ladies like satirical comedy? Was it were a lot of the jokes hitting for you? Yes. Yeah. I was laughing my face off. I'm like watching <laughs> it by myself laughing. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so funny. There's circular talking. Mm-hmm. Mm. It just There's something about that style of comedy that I feel like is very Clooney-esque, but mm-hmm. also I enjoy so much. So yeah, that was really fun. And, you know, that humor is in the book. Mm-hmm. They really didn't, change that they kept that really like essential element mm-hmm. that the book almost line for line some of those lines and it was just so beautifully delivered that it was so funny yeah in the so middle good. of it where they um one of the soldiers is getting in trouble and the other soldier comes to his, his aid and then they're in this like tribunal almost because <laughs> of nothing and then when uh, they're talking. They're doing like the back and forth small talk with George Clooney, and the soldier's like, you know, you can't punish me. And George Clooney's like, what did you say, soldier? What did you say? What did you say? <laughs> back and forth, back and forth, for like five minutes. And then when George Clooney, which you probably guys will see in um, the preview, where he's like, read me back my last line, and the guy's yeah. like, my last line, and he's like, no, that's my last line. In the preview, mm. it's funny, but when you see the context of it, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like I was dying of laughter. I was like, wait, what was his last line? You know, and it's simple, and I think a lot of comedy, especially these days, relies on maybe gag humor, yeah. mm-hmm. gross-out humor, mm-hmm. vulgarities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this, I mean, those are just simple play yeah. on words, and it works so well. But this whole show is like that. It's, it's smart humor, mm-hmm. you know, where... You know, I don't know about you guys, but like I will multitask when I'm when I'm watching TV. So I'm either you know sending an email or I'm on my phone, I'm on Instagram, whatever. This show had my phone down and I was all in. And even though it was like super simplistic, yeah. it had my it captured my full attention, which I thought was fascinating because it's like, oh, yeah. wait, what's happening right now? I would say it was the right amount of simple. Yeah, you know, sometimes it can be too simple. You're like, oh, this is boring. Yeah, and sometimes it can be too much. Where you're like, oh, wait, 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 okay, so wait. Who did what? Who is this person? This was like right in the middle. Yeah, I agree. Completely. Can we talk about the blonde? And then when we found out that Yo-Yo was sleeping with the blonde and who the blonde is. Did you think that... What? what who did you think she was? I thought it was her, his girlfriend because they're yes. similar in age, right? And they were talking about not, not nonsense, but 
stuff for that you talk about in the twenties, like mm-hmm. God and like what you're gonna yeah. do with your future and all of that stuff. And then when we found out who she really was, I was shocked. I was shocked. Had no no clue. I was in that exact same boat. I literally wrote down. I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Has a girlfriend, and then I was like, "Dot dot dot," or so it seems, <laughs> because it turns out that it cites coughs George Clooney character's wife. Wife. And then I initially even. When I saw her sitting in the stands, I was like, oh, it's a daughter. Yeah. yeah I that, thought daughter. Me too. Pool. Yeah. My me first too. instinct was friends with benefits. I didn't think full on mm. romantic relationship. I thought friends with benefits. Then I thought daughter. Mm-hmm. Then with the wife, I'm like, oh, this is going to come back. And Something's going to happen. Bad, 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 mm-hmm. bad news. Yes. Well, it's yeah. interesting because obviously his character is... Uh, George Clooney's character is, you know, handles jokes or is not as serious. And then we transition almost the other way where you have Colonel Cathcart mm-hmm. played by Kyle Chandler, who's very hard hitting. Yeah. Not a lot of jokes with him. Not at all. Not uh, intentional. Mm-hmm. Not intentional jokes. Yes, very true. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely by the book. Uh, it definitely comes in with the, the first impression where he's shooting the gun. In the crowded room, yeah, you're like, ooh, this guy means means business. But then when he's like, "Is this Lady Snipe? Are you Lady Settled?" I thought that was super funny too. But and what what was interesting to me is that you it transported you to the time because he says stuff that is not politically correct in that mm-hmm. moment. But at the same time, it was super but is that funny. A, more of a military thing? Because I think that. That would probably still be said today in some military. I agree. Groups. I agree. Uh, it's it's completely, like I said, not politically yeah. correct. But it was actually super funny in the moment. Yeah, I was like, was... first of all, you're shooting a gun, and in my mind, I was like, where is that gun shot going? Because they're intense, right? right? So there's going to be a hole somewhere. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Like, what if it rains? <laughs> what if it rains? Or what Idiots? if like the yeah. the fallback hits one of the soldiers? Like I had a bunch of thoughts, but yeah, it was. You're talking about you know talking about soldiers, and this is the next topic we'll, we'll slide in before we actually really compare it to the book and. Talking about military movies and mm-hmm. this, because obviously you always compare and you're, oh, let's see, American Sniper and The Hurt Locker, Black Hawk Down and uh, Saving Private Ryan. Mm. Are you thinking about these when you're watching this movie and comparing and contrasting of how they fit in? Because I was looking at this and I was like, these don't seem like very soldier soldiers. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's on purpose? So I've been comparing the Catch-22 story actually the whole time I've been revisiting, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of elements from different things. Um, the The movie that I think this reminds me the most of, though, is Full Metal Jacket in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Although Full Metal Jacket's a lot darker. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot less of the, like, pizzazz and, and everything. But there is a lot of, you know, thematic overlap as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I particularly felt that way with George Clooney's character, sort of as the slightly toned down drill sergeant. Mm. I feel like the younger characters in this and like the not as macho almost made it more relatable. Mm-hmm. It yeah. allowed me to put myself into the character and be like, wow, that that could be me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked it because it also showed that they had no idea what they were doing. They knew that they were going to war, but like, what does war mean? Right. And, and as they are trying to understand it, it was all small things that didn't make sense. You know, like, oh, we're training for a parade. And then mm-hmm. you see them like 
on their off time, like they're drinking beer or they're at the beach or whatever. But in the meantime, like, what is it that we do as soldiers? And I don't think that they actually knew and they're learning as Mm -hmm. they went. And I thought that that was really relatable. Like, you want to go to go to war, but what is war? You know? Yeah. So, yeah, again, you're young. Me. You're twenty. You're eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, and this is you're literally placed in a foreign country, and you know they talk about it in here where uh, Yo Yo is saying, "Oh, I want to go, and then I'll go back home." And it's like, y- if you leave here, then you go and you fight a war in the Pacific. Yeah, uh, it, it's everywhere here. And just to jump off of that, when they had the new gunner Mud who came in, he's like, mm-hmm. "I'm reporting for duty," and. He has no idea what he's supposed to do. And when he goes to uh, the tent and they're like, okay, you're supposed to be this, this, and this. He's like, no, that's not what I was told I was supposed to do. (laughs) And the next thing you hear is that his plane went down and he's gone. He didn't even unpack. And that is the same as what I'm saying. Like, you don't know what you're going to do. You're Mm -hmm. showing up for duty thinking you're doing one thing. And one thing is not one thing. Yeah, that was a pretty important moment. It was. In establishing the rest mm-hmm. of the, the series yep. as well. That was really significant. And I think also the idea of like, it's all part of this Catch-22 cyclone. Mm-hmm. Cyclone mm-hmm. or cycle, however you want to say it. But if you're you're not fighting in Europe, you're fighting the Pacific. Mm-hmm. You're not getting out of this yep. cycle. Which is what war. the doctor was saying. But it's repeated, like this circular motion is repeated over and over, whether it's the way that they're speaking, whether it's like the little mini subplots in the show. Everything is just whirlpooling around and around and around. And I think it's so genius. Yeah, yeah I think, you know, as the show progresses, it'll really kind of show you that there's problems everywhere and, like, you need to deal with the problems. Mm -hmm. Because, as they're saying, oh, you have the problem with the parade. Okay, well, guess what? It can be worse. You could actually be in combat. Okay, Mm -hmm. and if you were back in America, you'd be having some other problems. You need to be able to deal with it. So I think it's really, and maybe this is part of the book, of, like, that coming of age of just kind of accepting responsibility and realizing that these are the cards that you have and you just have to play them. Yeah. Uh, talking about the book, you know, before we go to our uh, incredible special segments and news, talking about the book, that this was a, a book written, by, again, by Joseph Heller. We have it there. Uh, began writing this in 1953, published in 61. It's often cited as, you know, one of the, the best you know, novels of the 20th century. And I was surprised. And like, I think uh, you said that you had read it in school and so many other people where we were talking about this show and they're like, oh yeah, I read that novel in school. Mm-hmm. I had the same experience. I was like, am I the only person yes. in the world that has never heard or read this book? I thought the exact because same thing. as I was talking about covering the show, everyone knew about it. And I was like, I had no idea. You and I were texting, and you're like, yeah, yeah, I read the book. I'm rereading. I'm trying to reread it. I was like, oh, I have no idea. I'm going in, I'm going in blind, guys. I'm going so in blind. That's a different perspective, and that's a really fresh set mm-hmm. of eyes on the show. I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so the interesting thing about this book, too, is it's now, I mean, we just read the Stephen King quote, yeah. right? It's now regarded as, like, one of the best American pieces yeah. of literature. It was basically a failure when it first got published. So I have a question. Is this part of the American curriculum in high school or elementary where you have to read this book? 
Do you know what I mean? Because like uh, I can't For, think of the book that I'm thinking of, but there was a like book to in, kill a mockingbird. Yeah, and, this is that this? Had a catcher in the rye. Kind yeah, of age is that this? I think so. I mean, huh. I went to a school where the summer reading list was unethical, if mm. you ask me. Uh, <laughs> So I'm pretty sure that's probably when I read this. Uh, but, yeah, it, it was actually... So So this book bombed. So I think it's really interesting that... Good pun. 50... <laughs> I didn't even know I was doing mm. it. I should have taken credit, though. So um, I think it sold something like 12,000 copies when it was first released. It got really, really mixed, kind of harsh reviews. Um, and now, 50-something years later, George Clooney is making a show about it. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's great. And it's actually based, so Heller was actually a bombardier in World War II, so certainly it's not uh, fact, it is still fiction, but I think he uses mm-hmm. a lot of his actual life things to be able to draw on there. And of course, I'd be interested, obviously, with the series coming out, how much that will continue to spike the book sales, mm-hmm. as it always does, where people will now be going to Barnes & Noble or Amazon. and Yeah, yeah. the, the waitlist of the libraries are uh, like weeks and weeks and weeks. And what I think is pretty amazing, oh yeah, it has the Hulu stick. Yeah, I love it really that. Has. Coming soon. Even though it's not released mm-hmm. yet, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, Hulu series coming soon. Great job That's by the beautiful, publishers. Beautiful marketing. But it's amazing that a show can drive people back to books yeah. and back mm-hmm. to literature and that they can sort of have this symbiotic relationship where people important. think that screens are the end of books but yeah. we're clearly seeing that that's mm-hmm. not the case yeah i think mm-hmm. it's important yeah do you know what i wanted to mention real quick yeah, just as a foodie it. myself the food that is mentioned throughout mm. this episode so like the lamb chops and the olives and sunday lamb chops and <laughs> the tomatoes all of it and the strudel I I and and him becoming um I, I don't even know his he has like a proper Milo? name. Milo, he's becoming like the proper person in charge of food, which yeah. is like a a name. He uh, yeah, he he impresses certainly off the bat with those pork chops. The, the mess po- officer. The, the mess, mess officer. officer. Yeah, and I was like what's the importance of this because they're really making it important and when uh, the sergeant had his little garden in the back <laughs> and he brought the pork chops, I was like, oh. I think that's the other thing. I mean, it shows like with that where he has the garden. He has the thing. It certainly is a different class almost Absolutely. that it really portrays. Right, which is so important because as we talk about, and you know, he's he's my favorite only because his name is super ridiculous. But as we talk about class and rank and he's a sergeant, major, 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 (laughs) and major, major, major is going to get promoted at some point. And I just thought like, you know what? In war, you really don't know. And it can be really that easy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that leads us into our special segment, which is off screen heroes, which I'm so excited to be able to hear about because you found some like legit heroes. Yeah. So um, I, you know, it's so much fun to watch these characters on television, but it's mm-hmm. also to your point, like with the the author, really important to keep in mind that these were real people doing this completely insane job mm-hmm. so that all of us could still, you know, freedom enjoy isn't the, free. Yeah. Freedom is not free. So I wanted to take this opportunity to talk about a couple of heroes. So every week we'll, or every episode, we'll talk about a different hero who actually did this job. So this is Kenneth Kirk, and he's from Hartford, Kentucky. He was a bomb... Bombardier? Bombardier. Bombardier. I have so much trouble with that word. 
Um, Anne Gunner in the 436th <coughs> Bomb Group of the European Theater. Now, this was also the bomb group that helped pave the way for D-Day oh, at wow. Normandy. So, a really, really important group of guys. He uh, enlisted when he was 20, served two years, and he sat in that nose. He did what Yo-Yo does and sits in that glass nose, though he was actually in a B-24, which... Depending on timing, I can tell you the differences mm-hmm. between the B-24 and the B-25, but basically very similar jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and Had so, just as dangerous of a job. Just yeah. as dangerous. He was actually dropping bigger bombs out of an airplane called Mama's Little Angel, which mm-hmm. I think is really great. Love I the love names. the names on their airplanes. Um, and he said that he would get so much flack or anti-aircraft mm-hmm. fire that you could almost walk on it, that it was so thick that it was just unbelievable um but uh he flew a total of 28 missions in basically freezing temperatures because those planes weren't insulated he said Mm. um he says he's glad he did it but he would never want to do it again and um he returned to the u.s and worked in coal and agriculture but still remembers all of the bullets and missiles flying by trying to specifically kill him so yo-yo is not all that crazy when he starts to believe that as well (laughs) um so sergeant kirk you want to take a minute thank you for your service i love those pictures too that you brought up uh if anyone by the way you can find us uh the show on YouTube. You can also find it on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else podcasts are found. But if you want to be able to see those, uh, definitely check out the YouTube because, yeah, that was incredible to be able to see. And again, you had the picture of uh, him personally back then, him today, but then also him with his group with his there and the Mama's Little Angel group. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, now we're going into the news segment, which I was shocked yes. to find out, Linda, that. We almost didn't have George Clooney. Yeah, at first George Clooney didn't want any part of this project. He uh, and his partner Grant Hesloff finally changed their mind. Clooney not only co-stars but co-produces this new version of Joseph Heller's Catch Twenty Two. And quote, they said, "Do you want to do Catch Twenty Two? And he said, "No, I don't want to do Catch Twenty Two. It seems ridiculous." It's a beloved novel. I don't want to get into the middle of that, says Clooney. And then Clooney had read the book in high school. This is considered one of the greatest American novels of all time. So it's required reading when I was in high school, he says. So I don't want to butcher it. But he changed his mm. mind and he finally did it. I'm glad he did. I'm mm-hmm. glad he did yeah. too because it's really, really great. Uh, I have a couple of photos that I wanted to show you guys. So he is uh, with his wife. A meal at the premiere, uh, European premiere of Catch-22, because it hasn't been released yet. And what I thought was great is that it. this is him in Italy with the cast and crew of the show. It's Christopher Abbott, Kyle Chandler, and Harrison Osterfield. And they are at one of George's favorite restaurants, Antica Pessa. If I'm saying it right, my Italian is completely <laughs> non-existent. And uh, the president of Paramount, who also uh, produced the series, joined them in Italy for this kind of premiere. And what I thought was really interesting about this whole thing was that during this uh, dinner premiere, George is practicing his Italian. And according to uh, page six... Did we know that George lives in Italy full-time? Full-time? Full-time. So he lives, and I'm going to have to find it, but he lives 
in a city in Italy full time with his wife, which I thought was like, wow. Practice your Italian, George. It just makes you way more sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I wonder if that certainly you know gives that European history, too, because obviously that's where the whole show takes place and mm-hmm. in, in and around Italy. Yeah. And where they shot it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Lake well, Como, Italy. Lake that's where Como? Lives. Lake Como. That there we go. Funny. I bet, yeah. you know, George George has some bucks. I bet he has a couple houses. Yeah. There's one in, one in Italy, you know, one in London, <laughs> one in L.A. He just sold his... You know, Casamigos for a billion dollars or something yeah, like that. Yeah, you can afford it. You can get yeah. one or two houses. But that totally makes sense. Think of it. Casamigos is Italian lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I love it all. This yeah. totally fits him. I'm very mm-hmm. much looking forward to seeing what we'll uh, have from him as this season progresses. Mm-hmm. And again, we're, you know, five more episodes. What do you ladies think as we learn about predictions? I think, for for my predictions, I think that what's going to be important is the missions. So what we learned in this episode is that it was like 16 missions, went to 30 missions, and now 35 missions, all in the same episode. So I think that with Yo-Yo, that's going to be an important part as he moves forward Mm -hmm. and what that means for his character's development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing his uh, character development with regards to his relationships to the other guys. Because mm-hmm. um, I think they're all going through stuff already, mm-hmm. just in this mm-hmm. first episode. And it will be really interesting to see how they all sort of get through this in their own different ways. Like Clevenger, for example, I'm dying to see how he deals with this. Um, in terms of predictions, I I can't imagine that people will survive in this show. Mm -hmm. So I imagine along the way, people will sort of um, succumb to some of that Mm -hmm. anti-aircraft fire. Yeah, and it'll be interesting how they you know, merge that in with the comedy and the satire and you know, keep it so that you're not totally and I think they, again, they they did a I think a a good job in this episode. I, I mean, I couldn't tell if it was you know, satire, and then the the drama and stuff was a break, or if it was a drama with the satire as a break. So, I'd be interested moving forward to see how they do that. But yeah, I think I'll be interested to in how they kind of tie in other characters and how they're feeling, and mainly not like the the upper class people, the colonels and the majors, but anyone who is you know the private first class who's actually going through it there, you know, in that glass tube. Oh, I can't even imagine. I'm so afraid of heights, so that is. <laughs> An actual nightmare for me. Yeah. But I'm so, I mean, grateful that they did that. I'm grateful that I don't have to. Mm. Absolutely wild. Well, we are just getting started on this series, Catch-22 on Hulu, here watching here on AfterBuzz TV. Thank you guys for watching. Again, we have so much content here on AfterBuzz, so go like, comment, rate, subscribe, tell a friend, all those easy things to do, and then join us back here for more episodes of Catch-22 as we break down this miniseries on Hulu. I've been your moderator, Michael Klaus, but certainly, again, lovely ladies, please shout out your social medias, where they can find you guys all across social media you can find me at linda so girly and i'm janine doyan and you can find me at janine doyan thank you guys for watching we'll see you next time bye guys our founder kevin undergaro and me maria menounos would like to thank you for tuning in to after buzz tv remember we're not just the first we're the biggest in the world and we're the only destination for all your favorite tv shows whatever you crave we've got it so go to afterbuzztv.com and check out our lineup Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.